Welcome to the Macros for Life podcast, where we talk all things macros, business, and marriage. We're your hosts, Eve and Randall Guzman. Visit our website at www.gtransformationacademy.com, where you can download our free How to Track Macros guide. This guide has helped over 15,000 people start their macro tracking journey. Hey, you guys, welcome back to the Macros for Life podcast. I'm really excited today um, because I have someone on that I love and respect. Her name is Ashley. She is a friend of mine. She's been in this industry for 17, I guess almost 18 years now since it's officially 2024. She's got her undergraduate degree in nutrition and exercise and has been helping women on incredible journeys um, especially over this past decade. She's the creator of the Metabolic Fix, and I'm so excited to introduce her to you to you guys today. Hey, I'm so excited to be here, and it was so great just listening to you like say all <laughs> the wonderful things about me. Well, thank you so much, and you, the right back at you. You're such a great friend and someone that I respect so much, and all of the work that you're doing to help your clients with transformation when it comes to their body and their business. So it's just been so amazing to watch you and everything that you have accomplished. And I'm so excited to be here today and talk with you and your audience. You got me all in my feels. Oh, I know. <laughs> it's just so amazing. And so this is this Aww. is you. And you know, I'm going to also have you on my show. So so there's going to be a great show for everyone to listen to over on my show here soon. <laughs> Cool. And we'll tag it so you guys can get over there and find Ashley as well. So let's start about, let's start with um, how you got into this uh, space of coaching and helping women feel confident and great in their bodies. Um, I know for a lot of us that are coaches and help other people, a lot of it has stemmed from our own transformations, but I will let you tell that story and how you got to where you are here today. Yeah, well, thanks a lot for asking. And, you know, my story, it really does start with really my own journey. And it took me a really long time to feel comfortable coming out and sharing a bit of my story. Because as you mentioned in my introduction, my background is in exercise and nutrition right out of college. Or actually, while I was in college, I became a certified new personal trainer and nutrition coach. And then shortly after college, my first job, which was my only corporate job that I had before I started my own company, I went on to get advanced certifications and helping women lose weight, but really focusing in on the hormones and metabolism. So as I'm going through all of this, you know, in the public eye, people are really viewing me as the expert, right? And I was working with people full time, I had the credentials, but secretly, I was really, really struggling. Um, you know, I, I never would really say that I had a weight problem. But I had a lot of uh, body dysmorphia, self-esteem issues. And although I didn't feel like I had a lot of weight to lose, I definitely didn't feel like I looked like the models on Oxygen magazine back then. It wasn't Instagram. So I was looking at the magazines and it was Oxygen and all of these just fitness magazines. And for whatever reason, I really felt like I needed to look exactly like that or better to be viewed as a knowledgeable, 
trainer, respected in my industry, and quite honestly, it's sad to admit, even expect, even respected as a human. Mm-hmm. And so, so much of my self-worth and value was just attached to becoming this like image that was literally photoshopped on a magazine cover. At that time, I wasn't connecting the dots. So instead of following the right approach, which I knew, I said, well, if I want extreme results, I'm going to have to be willing to step outside of the norm and do more. And so I did more. I did every, all the diets. I can't really tell you one that I did not do. Um, You know, I did every single diet. I'll tell you the one that I actually didn't do. I think it was slim fast because my mom did that. And I watched her struggle on like the two shake a day thing. And like, I think I stayed away from that one, but keto, I really dived heavy into keto, lower carb, caloric, just in restricting my calories heavily. Mm -hmm. So for someone, my height and activity, I should have been eating over 2000 calories a day. And just for some perspective, I was consuming around a thousand to 1200 calories a day and under 50 grams of carbs most days, including my vegetables. So I lost weight, lost body fat, got down to double zero, you know, was working out multiple times a day. And I pushed through that for a long time. And eventually my body just started to show signs that things weren't working. My cycles became irregular. I was obsessed with my nutrition. I couldn't eat out anymore. You know, it was definitely disordered eating. I wouldn't say that I had, I wouldn't say that I had, I wasn't anorexic, but borderline really going heavily in that direction. It was just in a very unhealthy place. And so the biggest thing for me is when I started to see the impact it was having on my hormones and my overall health, Mm. because even though I was in my early twenties, my health was deteriorating. I did not feel well. I was losing my hair, my cycles, all of the little, all of the things that we check off every day or every year that we look at as vital signs to our health, were just starting to deteriorate for me. Mm -hmm. And so at that point, I had to stop and it was really forced and I had to gain weight. I had to cut my workouts back. I had to sig- well, cut out all of my cardio that had to go and I had to start reverse dieting. So throughout that journey, along with what I was doing with my clients, that was really when I started to build the framework that I now use with my own clients. Um, you know, I started to put myself through that reverse diet. I started to change my exercise and do advanced testing to see where my hormones were. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it led me to a much better place. I'm very grateful for those days because now I'm always monitoring myself very differently. And it has also allowed me to just help women that are stuck, that don't know what to do, that's trapped in that same vicious cycle, that's you know embarrassed Some of them are coaches, nutritionists, doctors, ashamed. And then in 2019, when I started my online business, I just came out and said, hey, here's my story. Many of my in-person clients at that time did not know. Many of them came to me after the fact and said, I never knew that, but I used to sometimes wonder if you were pushing your body too hard or you looked a little too thin, but I never wanted to say anything, but no one really knew. And so coming out, it was refreshing and terrifying. Mm -hmm. 
because I shared all of my stories about overeating, binging, the all or nothing mindset, the chronic restriction, skipping coffee dates and hanging out with my girlfriends or weekend getaways with my husband just so I could stay on that diet. So it was refreshing, but so terrifying to talk about it. How would you compare um, your routine with activity, you know, exercise, lifting, cardio, walking, and your current body composition with where you were then? So what's the now versus then? What's like really changed physically? And then just, you know, routine. Yeah. So I'd say the biggest thing that's changed now is, well, one, I gained weight. I mean, I, I was barely a hundred pounds <laughs> with an outfit on. I was very unhealthy. And so one of the things I, I don't want to get off track, but one of the things I do try and teach people is that that number isn't always an indicator of your health mm -hmm. and that health can really come in all shapes and sizes. And I had minimal body fat and weighed very little and I was very, very unhealthy. So now I'm about 15 pounds heavier. Um, most of that is muscle. So I would say, honestly, from eating better, training smarter, cutting back on the cardio, I ended up building more muscle. I ended up, you know, building stronger glutes, more muscle definition, just by eating more and overall training less. I'd say the biggest difference overall would be nutritionally. I'm eating a 50% more, if not even a little over that. And I'm also training 50% less. I don't work out multiple times um, a day. Actually, I was just looking at my current training plan and, you know, I'm going to stick to three days of weight training, one day of yoga and walking on the other days. That mm -hmm. feels really good to me right now. Um, you know, I'm going to do an upper, a lower and a total body because my training isn't my whole life anymore. I have so many other things in my life that are important and I don't want to be consumed by my workouts every single day anymore. Mm -hmm. I love that. And I can definitely attest to you guys because I know her in person, obviously. And I mean, not to, you know, just like dwell on your physique. Your physique is amazing. And it is a physique that a lot of women um, have probably said, man, like Ashley looks great. I want to look like her. I want to look up to her. And I think it's shocking when they find out you're doing sometimes half of what they're doing. You're doubling the foods, you're eating less than they um, are. And so a lot of the times it isn't a weight loss or fat loss issue. It's like a nourishing your body issue, enjoying life, balancing your hormones. And it's usually a muscle issue. Like a lot of the look that we want isn't driven, like you were saying, like by the scale weight. A lot of it is taking the time to fuel ourselves properly and work on putting on muscle. And that is something I've definitely seen you do in the last five years. And it's like so refreshing to see other women like myself that talk about, I used to do all these crazy things that people were like, oh, I want to be small like you. And we were suffering. Like you can't go places, you can't eat out. You're trying to plan your food all day. If someone's having dinner or is inviting dinner to you with you to them, um, out wherever, did I get my cardio session in? Did I get this? And it's like an obsession. And then you find yourself months, maybe a year later, seeing some of those signs of like the thinning of the hair and not feeling good. Your body temperature doesn't regulate. 
And then you still don't look like you want. And it's like, what is it even worth? And there's like no trade-off. Um, I actually had some hormonal imbalances um, after I had a surgery in 20, um, 2022. And so I spent 2023 after having some imbalances of inflammation with that surgery, like getting my weight back down because my body was just like, what's going on? I got so many DMs of like, how much did you cut your food? You only lift three or four days a week. You mostly walk. And they were like shocked. Mm -hmm. And they don't understand that less is more to get your hormones balanced and get to, you know, what is a comfortable place. And it's, it's, it's sad. And it's kind of scary that a lot of women don't know that and they have to go through it like us first, and then have this aha moment of less is more. Yeah. And I think sometimes you have to hit your own breaking point to where, you know, I remember when I was going through it, when you were talking, I was thinking a lot about what you were saying. And I don't know if you ever felt this way, but I remember vividly remember when I was doing everything you were just talking about the cardio, the weights, the restricting all of the energy I had to put into literally eating as little as possible. I remember thinking there's no way I'm going to be able to keep this up when I have kids, when, you know, I have other priorities at that time in my life, it was my life. It consumed me now as a mom of two and a business owner and a wife, like there's no way I would be willing to sacrifice that much. But like you just said, we don't have to. So it's really right. refreshing for every single woman listening in because it would be really discouraging if it was like, well, this is just what we have to do. So we either have to not look and feel our best and settle for that or push out six, seven days of exercise, really, really chronically restricting your calories at your BMR or below, you know, giving it all up to look great. And so there really is that middle ground. And I think it is figuring that out for yourself and it can change. It can change. You can change your macros. You can switch up, you know, the type of workouts you're doing. Mm -hmm. I think if you are 35 plus, starting to focus on your hormones and learning about your hormones and your metabolism and what you can do to take care of your hormonal health and protect your metabolism as you get older. That is the secret to losing and maintaining your weight. You mm -hmm. can't do those diets that you did in your twenties anymore, mm -hmm. or maybe even your early thirties, mid thirties, if you're in your forties and beyond, because your body's shifting. So you have to do things yeah. differently. And if you're not strength training, you're going to start losing muscle mass, which is terrifying to me. So on my end, it's like, okay, <laughs> what do I need to do to sustain that? And it's easy to assume, oh, well, I guess I need to be lifting weight six days a week. No, three, four days a week is all you need. You can mm -hmm. be in and out of the gym within an hour or even less if you are short on time and still get in everything that you need to build muscle mass or maintain what you have. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And like what you were saying, it made me kind of think of how I described it as like dieting was like my part-time job. It was my identity. I thought about it all the time, like waking upon waking before going to bed, did I track every little thing? Oh my gosh, I had the one, you know, chicken nugget off my kid's plate and I didn't. I mean, I was thinking about it all the time, like obsessing. And then I spent so much time in maintenance that it was just 
unbelievable, like just unbelievable. So if you were to list some things that maybe a woman should think about that are signs that the dieting is not working for them, um, what would be some things women would need to look for to go, diet's probably not working and it's probably or eventually may affect my hormones and or metabolism? What things should they think about and look for? Yeah, well, there's definitely a few. So if you are, so some red flags that I always tell my ladies to watch out for, if you are working out three to five days a week and you're not able to build muscle mass or sustain muscle mass, that's a huge red flag. Okay. If you can somehow have your body fat tested, and let's say you're also looking at your muscle mass percentage, if you notice that you are losing scale weight, which this happens all the time but you're not losing fat and you're losing more muscle mass percentage wise, that's a huge concern as well. So again, if you are, let's say maybe weighing the same or less on the scale, but you're losing muscle mass. And when you get your body fat tested, there's definitely many different ways you can do this. It'll show your muscle mass and your body fat percentage, your body fat's the same, but you're losing a lot of muscle mass. That's also a big concern. But if you don't have access to getting that done, simply looking at your body, because if you're putting in the work and mm -hmm. you're working out three to five days a week, you should have noticeable muscle on your frame. Now, how much it shows, that's going to have a bit more to do with your body fat percentage. So then, you know, if you're training, you want to see the result. Nutritionally speaking, you know, something I always tell ladies is if you are eating in a deficit and your body's not responding, that's a red flag. Now, yep. you may potentially need things adjusted. And that's the problem. That would be great if so, because that's an easy fix. But a lot of times it's, you know, you're eating at your BMR, which is your basal metabolic rate, or you're eating even below that and you're not losing weight or you're even gaining weight, which is a huge red flag. It's time to hit the pause button, start thinking about your metabolism, start thinking about your hormones. In addition to that, if your cycles are suddenly becoming very irregular, maybe mm -hmm. you normally have a four or five day cycle and it's one or two days or three days, or you notice that, you know, it's changed and suddenly it's very light or you're spotting throughout the month, having breakthrough bleeding, um, you know, you, or you stop having your cycle altogether. There could be a lot of other things going on, but that could also mean that you're training a little too much and you're eating a little, you're eating too little. And so when you put that together, that can put a lot of stress on your body and it could even stop ovulation and, or you could still be ovulating, but just not having enough estrogen and progesterone to really be able to allow you to get through your full cycle. So those are some things that you can do. If you have your labs ran, you can take a look at your labs as well and specifically look more to your thyroid. You know, I know one of the things that a lot of the women I work with experience, and sometimes it is not, sometimes it can be reversed just from the chronic, I mean, chronic dieting and overtraining, they'll notice that their numbers are off and they start to show signs of hypothyroidism. So things right. are just under functioning. So that can also be a sign. Now for some women, it's more genetic and not related to their nutrition or under eating or overtraining, but if suddenly you go from normal to abnormal and you are crash dieting, cutting out all your carbs, 
have been in a deficit for too long, and generally you're probably doing a lot of training too, it could be a sign that you're pushing your body way too hard. And your thyroid is very much so connected to your metabolism and how efficiently your body's going to break down those calories you're consuming. And so those would be some of the red flags. And then lastly, how you feel. Like so often we just forget mm -hmm. to check in with that. Like, how do you feel? Do you feel good? Are you hungry all the time? Are you using the bathroom every single day? You know, um, you know, if you're not doing number two and you feel horrible and, you know, you barely have any energy and you're craving food all every single evening and you're praying for that next treat meal, then that is a huge red flag that what you're doing is not working hormonally, metabolically speaking, things could be way off. Yeah, those are like big flags. I think a lot of people um, try to ignore some of those things because they're just pushing and pushing and pushing. And like some of the biggest motivators for them are a scale weight or a clothing size. And where it kills me the most, it's like a scale weight or clothing size. They were 10, 15 years ago, pre-kids and things like that, instead of thinking about like, what's the best for me right now? Yeah. Yeah. And you're right. It's right now. It's not a year ago, even, or 10 years ago, or when you were in college, which that one gets me a lot. It's like, oh, when I was in college, <laughs> I used to wear this size of pants and looked like this and I would lose weight eating whatever I wanted. I'm like, yeah, well, you were in college. Now you're 40 years old. You have two, three kids, you're working full time, like your body, your lifestyle, your hormones are in a totally different space now. And so I think it's really focusing in on what you need to do now and not ignoring the signs and symptoms because you can brush it under the rug, but eventually it is going to show through and there's going to be no brushing it under the rug anymore. Mm-hmm. It's true. It's definitely true. It'll always, always, always come to light for sure. For sure. So if you were to talk about um, some recommendations for people that truly have some imbalances, what would be some things that you would recommend that would help women to balance their hormones um, if they've done some lab work and start to, you know, get some proof that something really is going um, wrong. I, I don't want to say the word wrong, but a little bit off <laughs> behind the scenes. Yeah. So a couple of things that I would do right away is I would really, if you are training, let's say, you know, if you're motivated, you have body composition goals, or you want to maintain all that you've worked incredibly hard to get, I would say, you know, taking a look at your training and going into more of a maintenance space with your training. So it's not that you have to cut it all the way out, but really focusing in on just a couple solid strength training sessions. And if you are monitoring your heart rate, keep an eye on your heart rate. You don't want to be getting to 85% of your max heart rate or higher in your strength training sessions. That's like HIIT training and mm -hmm. more high intensity, you know, Metcons and things like that. If you are worried about your hormones, I really suggest focusing on strength training, monitoring your heart rate, really preventing yourself from getting super high where you're pushing your body. Because when you start to do that internally, it's going to create hormonal responses and cortisol and epinephrine, adrenaline, these hormones that are already, you know, probably flooding your system because it is taxed and overstimulated in general, it's going to continue pushing out. And that's when you can start to get even more burnt out from your training mm -hmm. and have even more negative 
side effects. So I'd say three days of strength training, you know, just focusing on over progressive overload, lifting heavy, but remember heavy is relative to you. So you may see your coach or your trainer deadlifting 200 pounds, but for you, it may be 95 and that's fine. As long as it is heavy to you, that's all that matters. I would also suggest walking, leisure walking, not turning it into a cardio workout. Years ago, I went walking with one of my clients and I thought it was going to be like a girl time. Let's catch up, drink a coffee during it. And she was gone. And I'm like, this is like a dog. I was like, girlfriend, we are not walking. We are like full on running right now. And so she's not even much taller than me. So we can't say her legs were longer either. I mean, leisure walking, you know, you should not have your heart rate elevated, try and get outside. That would be something I would highly recommend. Nutritionally speaking, I would say pulling yourself out of that deficit if you are in one, but you can do it very slowly and gradually. Number one, I would look at adding in more healthy fats, which are essential for your hormone production, specifically estrogen, which is potentially something that you could need a little more support with if you feel like something's off. And then I would also say your carbs. If you are into fitness and strength training, you're probably eating some protein, although I know a lot of women do struggle with that. But if you're really hitting a lot of the characteristics we've talked about, most of the time you are eating your protein and doing those things. You're just doing too much of everything. So Mm -hmm. making sure you're getting plenty of healthy fat, making sure you are bumping up your carbs. And when you are adding in calories, specifically adding calories from those two food groups. So go with healthy fats, though. Don't go to your fast food restaurant or get that yummy pizza. It's not that those things you can't have, but if you are trying to take care of your hormones, think more about avocados, flax seed, sesame seed, um, avocado oil, whole egg yolks, salmon, great quality, you know, red meat where you're going to get a lot of healthy fats through that. Preferably, if you can go for more like a grass-fed grass finish, you're going to get even higher quality, healthy fats. And so fats like that, and the same with carbs, you know, if you're going to increase your carbs and you're trying to take care of your hormones, pick whole foods, add in more fruit, add in more whole food carbs, which are probably things you've been restricting if you have been in that deficit trying to lose weight. So you can slowly start by just adding in some of those healthy foods to start supporting your hormones. And it can take three, six months, and sometimes even longer for certain women, depending on the severity and what's going on, to really start to say, okay, my cycles are more regulated. You know, I'm feeling like things are getting better. My energy's coming back. I'm sleeping through the night, my libido's coming back a bit more, and I'm feeling like I'm seeing the progress in the gym, I'm gaining some muscle now. So it can take a little bit of time. Don't get discouraged if it's not this like, you know, week or two week miracle overnight transformation, which isn't real, but we see these things. So it's easy to think, okay, well, shouldn't I be fixed already? And Mm -hmm. it's so individualized and so many things go into it. But if you do those things, you're definitely going to start to do more to support your hormones and your metabolism. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love all those suggestions because I think so many people fail to realize that hormonal imbalances can be reversed easily 
And some of the biggest things that end up reversing them are like the foods we're eating, building muscle, walking instead of aggressive exercise and rest. It seems like so simple and so basic, but I think some people, when they hear imbalance or they get their labs back, they immediately say things like, what supplements do I need to be on? Do I need hormone replacement therapy? And I'm like, those are like secondary things, but they don't understand that what the environments they're putting themselves in and then what they're consuming are like major players and how they treat their body and their environment are some of the biggest things. And it really is like going back to the basics. A lot of the things that you recommended are the ways that we should be eating and treating our bodies all of the time. But so many people want a quick fix or like what supplement for this? And should I just tell me what to do, what to eat? And they want like this like magic list of things. And when you present it to them, they're like, oh, that's it. Yes. But people have the hardest time doing or consuming those things. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I have a lot of a lot of people that will reach out to me on Instagram and even say, you know, oh, what are you taking for your hormones? Or I see you share your supplements. Like, what is all of that? What are you taking exactly and how much? And I'm like, I am totally open to sharing what I take, but how much is really customized for my body. Right. I have hormonal testing done one to two times a year. So I will have an idea of where things are for me. And, you know, if it's a stressful period in my life, I have to tick up some things along with, like you said, first and foremost, making sure my nutrition and training is in a great place in my lifestyle habits. But the supplementation is so unique to your body. And if you don't have your nutrition and exercise and lifestyle habits dialed in, that pill is not going to fix every problem. Mm -hmm. uh, it may not even touch it if you're not addressing the other things. It's a waste of money, in my opinion. So I think it's worthwhile to get your nutrition, your exercise, your lifestyle habits, at least in a place to where you feel like, okay, I can do this before you consider adding on hundreds of dollars of supplements and random amounts that you don't even know if this is what you really even need to be taking or not. So mm -hmm. I agree it's like the basics, the basics really do work, but it's not trendy. It's not sexy to talk <laughs> about, you know, it's like, it's not like, well, I was wanting that more extreme thing, you know? And I think that is why it can be so attractive to participate in, you know, like 75 days hard or some of these other challenges where you just go hard and it's like, okay, because there's still this perception that you have to do that to look good and looking mm -hmm. good, your own definition of looking good, but still it's like, well, isn't that what I really supposed to do? There's no way what you ladies are talking about is going to give me that result. But I think when you can dial it in, and really customize things to fit your body and also tweak things based off of your biofeedback. You can have that amazing body you want without doing all of those extras. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I totally agree because all of the things you listed, I wish I would have focused on that stuff in the beginning. I was eating all the low calorie foods, like the protein, like muffin cake things and like rice cauliflower instead of ever eating real rice and I was taking fat burners and I had I was addicted to pre-workout I felt like I had to have it I felt like that rush 
and that like heated up, you know, body and like all the tingliness was generating fat loss. And I, I was, it was like, what can I consume? What can I buy that will get me there faster versus like chopping up my own fruits and vegetables, slicing up an avocado, hitting my fiber. Like I wish I would have done that stuff then. Um, but it's okay if you have to, you know, learn after the fact, backtrack a little bit because knowledge is power and, you know, we can only go up from here. Exactly. You know, and, and I don't want to shine a bad light on deficits because I think that, and I know you do this with your ladies and something I do too, you can go about a fat loss journey in a very healthy way. And mm -hmm. so there's nothing wrong with wanting to lose body fat or wanting to change your body composition. It's just how you go about doing it. Right. And, you know, it, you have to start changing your perception. It's like, well, too little exercise is bad. Well, too much is bad as well. You know, eating too little is like, oh, well, you know, I need to eat as little as possible to lose weight. You need to change your perception to, I really need to eat enough to support my body and fuel my body. So even starting to talk to yourself differently. And like you said, when you go about it in a way where you're focusing on eating healthy fats, eating healthy carbs, hitting your fiber goal, um, you know, eating healthy proteins and doing it that way, that's when you're really going to see the great result. That's yeah. when, and it's going to be sustainable. So instead of feeling like I did, where I was literally in the middle of doing all of that, thinking there's no way I can sustain this. No way. Mm -hmm. Like eventually I'm going to burn out. I was like a little hamster in that hamster wheel. I'm like, okay, here I am. And right now I'm good, but I know I'm not going to be able to keep this up. That's a very terrifying feeling when mm -hmm. you're stuck and you're like, okay, what's going to happen when I burn out? Because this isn't sustainable. Yeah. So. Those are the messages I get from women. They were like, I'm so afraid to eat more because I don't know what's going to happen when I get off the wheel. Yeah. They're so afraid. What would you say to women um, that have a really hard time with wanting to be a certain weight? Um, what would be some things that you would say to them, whether it's regarding um, being in a weight loss phase or even being at maintenance? Man, the weight thing is such a touchy topic. And, you know, I remember growing up, my mom was always technically obese. I guess that's where she would fall. She was very curvy, but just in general, a, a bigger woman. Um, you know, I don't remember exactly where she was, but well over 200 pounds. So just some perspective here. Um, and people, especially back then in the 90s, really did look at her for her number on the scale and almost view her as like not being enough. And she talked to me about this a lot. And I could see just as a young girl growing up with her before she passed away, like how much it really did take a toll on her. And she would try these diets and starve herself and weigh herself and do these things. And it was like the number. And I could see it with her reflecting back. It was never really about how she felt or to be quite honest, if she liked her body having more curves or, you know, mm -hmm not wanting to be a size six or eight or two or whatever. 
And so with my ladies, I really try and understand their story with weight, which can sometimes go back to the way their parents, right, or their mother was with weight, the, the way their parents raised them when it comes to nutrition and mm -hmm. healthy weights and all of that, or maybe just where they live, their partner, their husband, their wife, whatever it may be. Um, you know, and I always say, when it comes to your scale weight, there's so many things that's going to influence that number that to be honest, it's really not an accurate way to measure how healthy you are. If you know, when I'm in, I'm not even gonna say a number, just invent that number that comes to mind for you. When I'm in this range, I feel my best. It's good that you know that, and maybe that can be your target. You don't have to hit it exact, but as long as you're in that area, maybe you can start to just self-assess, do you feel good here? Focus on the way you feel. Pay close attention to all of your important vital signs, I say. So not mm -hmm. just like your heart rate and your body temperature, but your cycles every month, if you're still having one, your energy, your digestion, your mood, your libido, all of those things matter. And you could be like me and weigh practically nothing and have absolutely no fat and be incredibly unhealthy. Focus on how you feel. If you have a range in mind, you can use that as a good range for you to get into that range. Maybe it's hopefully it's like a five pound range or so, but try not to focus on one specific number because that may not be realistic if you have more muscle mass now. If you carry more muscle mass, you may weigh more. You will weigh more for sure. Mm -hmm. And so maybe that 130 now that you have five extra pounds of muscle, isn't realistic. So look in the mirror and really ask yourself, do you like what you see? And don't base that opinion off of what your best friend looks like, what your sister looks like, what your coach looks like, what mm -hmm. that Instagram girl looks like, because what they have may not be anything you want if you actually knew what they did to maintain it. Yeah. Or it may, what they do, it has nothing at all to nothing at all on what you're going to have to do to reach your goals. So try really, really hard to not do that comparison. Cause I will see women say, Oh, well, one client looks like this. I want to look just like her, mm -hmm. <laughs> but we're not, you're not her. Your life is different. Your body's different. Your hormones are different. You're different. Like you're you. So let's figure out what we can do to get you feeling your best and looking your best. Mm -hmm. I love that. That's great advice. I remember somebody posting something last month. It was like just a random reel that I saw. And the girl said something like, why are we following and, obs and obsessing over people's body types that aren't even like ours? And the day that she said that, I went through and I unfollowed people that I thought, man, they have a great body composition and we're not even built, you know, nowhere near the same. I'm always going to be short. I'm not going to get taller. We're the, we're the, we're the height we're going to be. I'm always going to be curvy no matter my weight. I've been curvy at a size 24. I've been, a, I've been curvy at a size 22 and I could only think, and I, I'm only following five or 600 people. I try to keep the number low. I'm only following two people right now that I can say are like my body type. And I'm like, 
we need to do more of that and follow more people that we look up to health and fitness wise, but are even like in the category. I am not going to be 5'8". I'm not going to be athletic build. And I think that can also contribute to, you know, us idolizing things that'll just never, ever happen. Like you said, they're different. They have um, different goals, their genetics, they're doing different things. Is it even sustainable? Half of the people that we look at, we don't want to do what they're doing. Like, trust me, we don't. Um, but I think we should try to be more influenced by people that are more similar to us and are teaching us about things other than fat loss, maintenance, building muscle, eating more, chasing strong. I think all of those things are important so we don't obsess over the scale so much. I agree because the scale is always going to play tricks and games. And, you know, even when you have things dialed in, mm -hmm. I still, I mean, to this day with all of my experience professionally and personally, I can have everything dialed in and get on the scale and it's up or it's randomly down and it's like everywhere. And mm -hmm. that's normal because there's so many things influencing that number. I couldn't agree with you more. You know, this is your journey it's important to focus in on and also follow people and consume content from people that are talking about the other things that matter as a woman, building strength, confidence, accepting yourself, you know, um, not feeling ashamed or like you don't have a place in the gym. You belong there just like the men belong there. Being okay with eating, learning how to eat more, what maintenance is like. I mean, you shouldn't be in a deficit and on a diet year round, but right. I know many women that come into my program, they are, when's the last time you took a diet break? Never. What are you talking about? I didn't even know that that was a thing, you know? And so just starting to kind of step outside of that and then realizing that the scale isn't the only thing that you should focus in on. And it's not the most important thing. I'd put it at the bottom of the list of mm -hmm. all the things we look at. It's going to be at the bottom. And we as experts have to use that number for certain things when it comes to macros and all of those things with our clients. But other than that, I'm more curious about all of the other things we've talked about today when it comes to my clients and even myself. Cool. Last question. Your program, Metabolic Fix. I know you you mostly work with women um, you take them through three different phases, the three R's. Can you speak to that just to kind of shed some light on how you like to work one-on-one um, -on -one with this type of customization uh, with women that have all kinds of goals, not just fat loss, but all kinds of goals? Right. Yeah, yeah. So um, as we mentioned earlier on, when I was earlier and way earlier in my career and I went through my own personal journey and what I was already doing professionally I realized that we really, I needed to have a system and a way to assess my clients because not every client was starting in the same place. Actually, no client. There were no two clients that were identical. And so, you know, one client would need help with fat loss and they were ready for it and their metabolism was healthy and their hormones were in a great place. They had none of the things going on that we're talking about and mentally they were in a good place. Well, then the client I would see the next hour was the opposite. You know, she's dieted. She's, you know, worn out. She needs a break. She's starting to show signs of metabolic adaptation. And there's just a lot going on. And so I created the three R's, which is the, my framework that I use in metabolic fix. And so there's the repair phase. 
If you fall into the repair phase, we're going to focus more on improving your hormonal health, your metabolic health. Most of the women in that phase have both hormonal and metabolic issues that we're working through, but if not both, definitely one of them. So we can do Dutch testing. We can do all kinds of different things, depending on what you need, more functional tests to actually see if there is a hormonal imbalance. So that can be a part of it. Then we can add on supplementation, plus most importantly, all of the other lifestyle factors, nutrition, workouts that we talked about. Metabolically speaking, if there's something going on, we're going to address that. And so we can do that more through assessment. There's not so much of a test that you have to do to see if you have metabolic damage. Not like you can go to the doctor and say, hey, can you draw my blood to see this? Whereas with hormones, you can do you know, urine, you can do various methods to determine your hormonal function. Then after the repair phase, there is the rebuild phase. And so the rebuild phase is really for that woman that is eating at maintenance, that has already been working out, that knows a bit about proper nutrition, maybe some experience with macro tracking, doesn't need any education on what a protein, fat, and carb is. You know, I would say more intermediate and also isn't dealing with the hormonal and metabolic issues. Mm -hmm. So that would be the rebuild phase. We're going to be fine tuning things and really preparing your body for that transformation. And as you mentioned earlier on, it doesn't have to be fat loss. It could be wanting to build muscle mass. It could be body recomp. It mm -hmm. could be wanting to just learn how to maintain what you have. You Maybe you feel amazing and you just want to know what you need to do to maintain it. And so within that phase, we call it the results phase. That's where that takes place. But it's custom for every single individual. We have tests, we have assessments, we can do various things to see what phase the client is going to start in, and then that's where they will start. And so that has really allowed me to serve my clients to a level that really meets them to where they are and not just kind of pulling everybody in one place together with the assumption that, hey, you all just need to lose body fat. And that's why you're here. I love that. No more cookie cutter crash dieting. <laughs> right, right. And it's tailored in for the client. So yeah, we have some women that just want to balance their hormones. We have some women that just want to learn how to eat to support building muscle mass. We have some women that do want to lose weight. You know, we have some women that are like, I want to know how to maintain. I've never done that before. Mm -hmm. um, so it is very much so tailored. I, you know, I always say i specialized with sustainable weight loss, but it's so much more than that. Right. You know, as you know, from our conversation and all of our talks, it's so much more than that, you know, and it's not just the weight. It's so many other things that matter even more than just the weight. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. So where can people find you if they're like, man, these three R's sound awesome. I love Ashley. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so so everybody funny. can find you. I know where to find you. <laughs> well, there's two places I love to hang out. Uh, number one is Instagram. So Ashley underscore Fillmore one. Um, that's where I am always hanging out. And then my podcast, Cheers to Your Success. I love podcasting. I love talking, as you can tell. And so I love showing up there and just going over all of these things. But that would be the place that you can find me, those two places. Cool. I make sure I'll link them into the show notes, especially if you guys are wanting to learn more about the metabolic fix. 
and how it may be able to help you. Um, but I definitely encourage you guys to follow Ashley. She pours a lot of heart and soul into her captions, talking about her journey, talking about science, and just being really relatable in a place where a lot of people like to hide um, a lot of the things that we need to hear the most to actually be the people that we want to become. So I appreciate you so much. And thank you for being on our podcast today. Yeah, this was so much fun. I'm so excited to be here. And thanks a lot for having me on today. No problem. Thanks, everybody. We'll catch you on the next show. Thanks for listening to our podcast today. Make sure you like, share, and tag us on Instagram. Also, subscribe to our channel so you don't miss future episodes. In the meantime, be healthy and get wealthy.